there are so many factors that can affect rankings and sort of how crawlbots and search engines view your website that it's far too much to take in at the beginning. And I think having those process-driven lists that, you know, everyone's seen one at some point in their career, having those is a really great way to sort of have a, have a little nibble out of SEO before you really start to bite into uh, the sandwich that goes uh, so much further. You're listening to the Keep Optimizing Podcast to increase your traffic, improve your conversion rates, and grow your profits. Hello and welcome. I'm Chloe Thomas, the host of this Marketing Focus podcast. If you're not familiar with our format, well, that's okay. Let me tell you what it is. Each month we focus on a different marketing method. Could be email, could be SEO, could be Facebook ads. And each week I interview a different expert to explore the latest advice on making it work for you. This month is all about SEO. From Spec Digital in the past, we've had Nick Truman on helping us out and sharing his great advice. But in this episode, we're getting one of his team on. So we're getting kind of into more, more nitty gritty. So we've got the brilliant Rob coming up, taking us through some SEO tips directly from um, what they're doing day to day with e-commerce brands. And primarily amongst all those tips, we're going to be talking about whether you should be focusing your SEO effort more on the process driven stuff. So keywords, title tags, all those, you know, image alt tags, all that basic stuff of SEO, should you be focusing purely on that? Or should you be focusing more or even purely on the out the box stuff, the big game changing SEO strategies? There's also some very cool tips coming up on um, setting the right goals for your SEO activity, which I have to say, something I've always really struggled with. So that's really interesting as well. Do make sure you listen right to the end of the episode, because at the end of the interview, Rob will be sharing some quick fire insider tips to help you maximize the performance of your SEO. And there's some brilliant advice in that section. And then I will be sharing my take on it all, plus outlining some more free ways we can help you improve your SEO even more. So make sure you stay tuned right to the end. Let me tell you about our SEO month sponsors, the marvellous Spec Digital. Spec are experts in customer acquisition through SEO, with a firm focus on not just doing great SEO, but on helping you to scale up your business too. For Spec clients, it's all about finding the best ways to grow sales. Their senior SEO consultant, Rob, will be joining us for one of this month's episodes to do just that, And Spec are offering all Keep Optimising podcast listeners a chance to speak to one of their consultants for free. Take it as your opportunity to discuss some of your biggest SEO pain points. Book your free one hour consultant call using the short link keepopt.com forward slash spec. That's K-W-E-P-O-P-T dot com forward slash S-P-E-C. Get expert help with your SEO from the Spec Digital team right now. Go to keepopt.com forward slash spec. I'm chatting with SEO expert Rob Stanbury. Rob is senior SEO consultant at Spec Digital and spends his days working out how best to improve their e-commerce clients, SEO traffic and most importantly, revenue. Hello, Rob. Hi, Chloe. Thank you very much for having me. It's great to have you on the show. And as I said in the intro, it's kind of cool to get to speak to someone from Spec who isn't Nick. 
<laughs> Nick gets around. He certainly does get around. But I think uh, it was about time that one of us had a chance to uh, to come forward and have a conversation with you. Yes, as you say, I always love catching up with Nick, but it's, it's really cool to get to speak to one of his team as well. So um, thank you so much for sparing the time to do this with us. How did you end up in the world of SEO? Well, that's quite an interesting story. So I, in a previous life, I used to work in the music industry and I was uh, sort of worked my way up to studio manager and from working with artists and bands and eventually companies as well, sort of doing voiceover recordings and things like that. I started to get a bit more interest into the uh, the sort of the business side of things and the sort of the corporate side and a lot of marketing. I started building websites, very basic websites for artists and companies, and essentially just trying to help out wherever wherever possible. If somebody was releasing a new album or something like that, giving them ideas or sometimes even managing um, their campaign release all the way through to sort of monitoring the results and things like that. But I wasn't really aware of what I was doing. I certainly didn't know the term SEO and things like that. I was sort of just learning on the fly, sort of alongside my day job. And then just prior to lockdown, I decided that I wanted to look into potentially sort of pushing that a bit further. So I reached out to a few companies that were looking for digital marketing, um, sort of juniors and executives and things like that. And that was when I stumbled across Spec. And it was actually perfect timing because as most of you will know, during lockdown, any sort of public space, especially recording studios and music, it stopped. Um, and a lot of people that I used to work with and were friends with struggled for work. So it all felt incredibly well timing wise. Oh, wow. So you went from the kind of like the pure audio format where SEO is nigh on impossible. There's lots of things trying to start scanning words out of music and all this kind of stuff, but where SEO is nigh on impossible to now being deep in the world of kind of text and image and SEO side of things. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, there are definitely similarities between some things that we used to do with the music in terms of there was you know a way to tag music with id tags for like uh, masters and things like that that would then be picked up wherever that music was found and that sort of resembles metadata for a page where you have this sort of this script embedded on a page to tell people what it's about and things like that so there were similarities um and then yeah, huge learning curve of, oh, well, this is how I've been doing it. Oh, right. Well, yeah, that's kind of wrong, but you've got the right idea. This is how we do it in the business. So yeah, it's been a really interesting journey going from music. And of course, being able to retain some of that information as well, because being heavily on the design side, trying to translate perhaps SEO strategies to designers and things like that has been a lot easier for me because I understand the language and sort of have been there. Which in, in some ways kind of brings us into our topic for this episode because I think people sometimes they specialize too early in their career and I think SEO is one of those places whereas you like just like you were saying a wider understanding of the marketing space can be a great asset in doing better when you when you zoom in and specialize in one area so our topic today Robin I'm I'm, I'm not sure where you sit on this so I'm gonna ask you a really open-ended question we'll see where we go okay. is Process-driven SEO versus out-of-the-box SEO thinking. Mm. Can we just do one of those and succeed? Is it possible to run SEO for an e-commerce business doing just process-driven or just outside-of-the-box thinking? That is a, a very complex question to start with, Chloe. I will uh, thank you for that one. But I think the short answer is yes, I do believe that you can run 
a successful SEO campaign purely following the sort of tried and tested, uh, just to sort of reiterate to, to the listeners, what we mean by process driven is that stuff that you would find, you know, if you were to sign up to maybe an SEO forum or something like that, and they say, oh, thanks for signing up, download our check sheet, our top 10 SEO bits. And it sort of make sure your metadata's got a keyword in it and make sure you've got, um, you know, correctly tagged uh, headers and things like that. So that's what we mean by process driven. And I, I do believe that you can get some success from purely following that and sort of not delving deeper into the, you know, the rabbit hole that is SEO. So it sort of depends on where you are with your uh, with with the brand that you're you know that you're you're running the SEO campaign for. If you are just starting out, or you know you're sort of sitting on page two and three for your target keywords, then yes, absolutely, go and follow some of those process driven bits to get you off the starting block to get the ball rolling. You will start to see some good results. But when you're looking at competing with those, you know, top three positions on Google, where you're you're really up against those, you know, the the knowledgeable SEO uh, um, agents, that's when you're going to really have to start looking outside the box and sort of assessing the situation to get to get that sort of final percentage. So, Rob, therefore, would it be fair to say that? Process driven is kind of like the bedrock, the foundations of what you're doing. And it's a good place to focus if you're starting from zero, you know, day one of caring about SEO. And then the out of the box becomes more and more important as you're really competing in the space. That's the differentiator between the massive winners and the doing okay people. I think so. And it all sort of feeds into the learning curve as well, because if you're in that position of, you know, coming off the starting block and sort of just really starting to get to grips with SEO, there are so many factors that can affect rankings and sort of how crawl bots and search engines view your website that it's far too much to take in at the beginning. And I think having those process-driven lists that, you know, everyone's seen one at some point in their career, having those is a really great way to sort of have a, have a little nibble out of SEO before you really start to bite into uh, the the sandwich that goes uh, so much further. Um, so I think that sort of learning curve is a nice way to get to grips with, I guess, the ethos of SEO and sort of the the sort of the thinking around it while still generating some potentially good results and then as you sort of go through that journey you start to you will naturally start to look at oh well how are they doing it or why has this person said one thing and somebody else has said something else and you start to sort of paint your own picture for it Um, and then that that does start to lead into thinking outside the box as soon as you are taking other people's opinions and, and other people's sort of work and and coming up with your own idea off the back of it that's when we start to think about that's sort of out what we mean by out the box I love that idea of the, as you're just saying, of the process driven being kind of a good way to learn it, as well as giving you the grounding as well as your SEO kind of um, space, the grounding on your website, etc. And the other thing which occurred to me from what you were just saying there is that, would it be true to say that it's a, a great process driven SEO strategy can produce great results if you do no out of the box SEO. And don't worry, everyone, we will dive into what we exactly mean on process driven and, and the out of the box shortly. Don't worry, that is coming up. Whereas a great outside of the box strategy may fail if you haven't done any of the process driven stuff. If you haven't got the foundations in place, your out the box is not going to do so well. Yeah, I would agree. I think the the outside of the box strategies 
can be almost fruitless sometimes because, you know, we do a lot of A-B testing and um, making sure that uh, some of it can end up just being sort of ideas that need to be put down because you can't find any other information. You know, we're trying to research things that potentially haven't been done yet. So really, it does come down to that A-B testing. So when you're looking at, say, potentially a six to 12 month strategy, you could end up sort of potentially five to six months down the line trying to release this potential idea and it could go wrong. So by looking at the tried and tested stuff and making sure that that's in place already, you're likely to have a a better chance of those, you know, braver tactics having an impact if everything else is in a better place. You know, it's that whole sort of if you were to give your website a percentage score, and I, d- I don't mean sort of, you know, these plugins that you can get, you know, built into built into the platform that give you a, a sort of a health score, but actually looking at all of the factors that could potentially benefit your SEO. And I, I, I don't expect there to be a tool that can absolutely counter everything because it could be something got released in a newspaper and, you know, thousands of people have read it and then they're going to go and click on it and have a look. Well, that, there's no digital response to what happened on the newspaper, but we can see the traffic coming into the website from it. So let me just round that back in because I sort of went on a bit of a waffle there. I do think that the the larger outside the box strategies need to have a lot of the process driven stuff in place to get the result that you're looking for. It's kind of like to put it in the darkest sense. If you set up, and I'm going to get techie here, so apologies, everybody. But if you set up like your robots text and things to ban the search engines from calling your site, then there's no, your, your site isn't on the search engine. So you You've can do whatever. No chance. Yeah, you're yeah. screwed. So Rob, let's get into kind of some nitty gritty, some what's working at the moment. Uh, we'll tackle process driven first, and then we'll do the outside of the box stuff. Because my hunch is the majority of the listeners need to pay a little bit more attention to their process driven, which doesn't mean they can't do the outside of the box but usually that's that's where where um most DIYers are so process driven what are the key things we need to make sure are in place and what's working at the moment okay so there are a lot of metrics that I could just start reeling off that most of the listeners will go yeah you know I've heard that I know about metadata I know about sort of robots txt having a sitemap and things like that um so what I'd like to touch on a bit more is the sort of the attitude towards how SEO works and what, you know, I'm, I'm going to drop the name Google because we, we focus primarily with Google. And we, I'm not saying that we ignore um, the, the other other search engines, but we do primarily do the, the work towards um, increasing rankings on Google. So what we try to do is get in the mindset of what Google is trying to achieve from RankBrain and what it's trying to find on our websites to rank us higher uh, against our competitors. So when we're looking at the basics, we are looking at things like indexability. Have we got the core pages that we're trying to get on Google? Are we even allowing Google to do so? Are we you know, providing those pages? Is it clear through robots.txt or have we submitted a sitemap to something like Google Search Console where we can actually monitor if those pages are being crawled? So looking at something like indexability, looking at our core pages, making sure that we are keyword driven. So for anybody that is sort of starting out, and I think we'll sort of come onto this again a bit later on, but for anybody that is starting out on their SEO journey now, the best place to start is with your keywords because you need to know, and I'm sure loads of you will be going, yeah, I've heard it before. You need to know exactly what your customers are searching for to be able to provide that and show your search engine that that's what these pages are about. 
So starting with the keyword list, once you have that, you can then make sure that that's in your, looking at your uh, um, sort of process-driven list. Have I got my keyword in the metadata? Have I got my keyword mentioned on page? Have I got images that potentially mention the keyword in the alt text? Um, and so those are all the sort of typical things that you'd expect to see in a process-driven list. So once you've started to, think about how Google, for example, wants to display you and, and wants you to do well, you can then sort of tie that into looking at your process-driven list and saying like, oh, okay, well, like, what do I need to do here to appease Google to try and get that rankings? And I think when you start to do that and sort of piece the two together and not just read it as a list, but sort of think a little bit outside the box within your list, um, that you will start to get some good results. And I think that keyword part, identifying them, putting them in the right places, and then making sure you're set up right for the indexability side of things. It's, I think sometimes it's something which people think they do it once and it's done. But, you know, I love the fact you, you doubled down on the fact that we're talk, look, talking about the keywords your customers are using, not the ones you came up with in a brainstorming session yeah. over coffee, everybody. Yeah. Your, and customers, the way customers describe things changes over time. Your product range mm -hmm. changes over time. There's new content coming in. And, you know, and sometimes who knows how but stuff disappears from the setup i've had it happen and you just kind of I, I don't remember deleting that pretty certain <laughs> it, but it's not there anymore so it is it is a constant regular checking with the new stuff and the old stuff to make sure sure it's all right doing that sort of customer research and competitor research to see if you are what you think a product should be called and looking at sort of the rest of the data, what is everybody else calling it? Are there different variations of calling this? When you're doing your keyword research, am I picking the most competitive keyword? For example, shoes, you know, the most search volume for it. Well, actually, if I start to be a bit more specific with it, because I'm offering specifically Italian leather shoes, suddenly that starts to become a little bit less competitive and you've got more chance to, to rank for it. And you start to be a bit more specific and again that's ticking the box that google's looking for because they want to send users that are looking for a specific product to the best the most relevant page so if you start talking about those products in the most relevant way you are going to start seeing the, the rewards for it i love that example of the shoes there because it's it's what we were we were talking a little bit about this before we hit the record button which is traffic is lovely conversion and the right traffic is brilliant and i would place money on the fact that managing to get onto you know top five for italian leather shoes is going to and you're selling if you're selling italian leather shoes you're going to make more money off that traffic than you are off getting to position four or five on men's shoes for example and you'll never get Absolutely. four or five on men's shoes <laughs> rob may disagree but it's really hard to get there whereas it's not going to be on the italian leather one so mm. I think that that's a really important thing to bear in mind when you're making all those process driven decisions is money, not not clicks. Yeah. Would you agree, Rob? Yeah. And it, it, again, it comes down to resonating with the user. So, you know, as Chloe quite rightly says, if you've got people coming to your website because they've typed in the word shoes, say, for example, you have got the best SEO strategy and you've landed um, on, on top, top position, first page for the word shoes, people come to your page that's a very broad term. So if you are only selling sandals, you're going to lose probably, you know, three quarters, if not more of that traffic. And really, again, as Chloe said, the aim of the game is to generate revenue. And there's only so much that having a good click through rate is going to do. We want people to convert on our page and we want them to, you know, essentially return as well. We want them to, uh, to spend money with us. So making it as relevant to what the customer is searching for 
and, and sort of looking at the products as well and making sure that you're, what you're calling these products is the most relevant so that when somebody lands on there, there's no surprises. That's exactly what they're looking for. And then you're going to see your conversion rate start to go up. So we've started our SEO journey. We've gone through all those process-driven key parts, the indexability, the keywords, where it's going on the page. We've double-checked it's all still up to date. Mm -hmm. And we've got some time, we've got some budget to go and really try and start getting competitive with our rankings on Google. So we're moving into outside of the box side of SEO. What, what would your advice be to anyone who's going, oh, okay, we've done, we're great at process driven. What do we do now? So let, let's touch on the, the competitors side, because it's definitely something that I have experienced with our clients where they have a, an idea of who their competitors are, but there's no sort of data or evidence to back that up. And when we come forward with these are who we think your competitors are based on the position on Google, based on the keywords that you're targeting, et cetera, that suddenly it becomes a completely different project that, you know, nine times out of 10, a client will look at who's, who's top in their industry. So say, for example, it's fashion, they'll be looking at the real top names, um, you know, your, your Louis Vuittons, your Gucci's and things like that. And then when you say, well, actually, we see it as being based on how much traffic you're getting now and sort of where your positionings are on Google, because really your next best competitor could only be sort of three or four positions higher than you on your rankings. And as soon as you start to get to towards sort of page two and bottom of page one, those three, four places mean money. There was a really good document that we found. I think it was some Moz research that showed the percentage split based on the position that you are. So it was something like if you're in first position, you are likely to generate something like 39% of the 90% of traffic that will click on page one. And that starts to dwindle down. So by the time you get to page two, there's only something like 10% of the traffic will click here. So if you've got a keyword that's a thousand searches per month, you're still, even if you're in first position, you're really only likely to get sort of 300 clicks from, from that one keyword. So when you start thinking it like that, and obviously our job is to translate that to the client, we're saying to them, well, look, if we actually look at who your closest competitors are, we can figure out how much, how many more clicks and potentially how much more revenue you could get by just climbing above them. So why don't we take a little bite out of this strategy, look at our competitors on a sort of a, a logical basis and say, right, for, for the first phase of this competitor research, we are going to try and get above these three competitors. And to do so, we're going to do X, Y, Z. Yeah, understanding your search competitors is so important. You know, just looking at the biggest guns in your industry is not the way to go, people. And I, I love that kind of let's let's set the right goals for our activity by looking at, at the competitor side of things. That's not, you know, it's not all about getting to page number one because that might take us years. But by doing the right things, we might get up a couple of positions, which means X amount more traffic, which means X amount more money in a three, six month period. So competitor um, analysis, a key part of going outside of the box. What what else would you be, be adding into that mix? You've got three areas of SEO that you need to focus on. So you've got content, technical and offsite. What we tend to find with our clients is that they may be covering two of those areas really well. They may have really good content and they've got really good PR. So they've, they've got tons of backlinks coming in and referring domains and, and really great on socials. Um, but what they haven't got is a, is a solid technical strategy. 
I guess it would always start from an audit. And if if we're speaking to sort of SEOers here today, then they'll all know sort of what we mean by going and looking at audits, but trying to go a bit deeper that we're not just trying to run a crawl on screaming frog to see if you're missing any metadata and things like that. We mean sort of going into the code and we appreciate that some platforms are a bit more restricted to what you can do. And obviously you're limited by your developers. So if we are all sort of SEOers here, most of us won't be getting our hands dirty with the code, but having a good understanding for it is super beneficial. So you start to find yourself suddenly researching how developers might put together some JavaScript to run something a little bit quicker, because that could actually shave a few seconds off your load time. And then suddenly you're looking at a sort of a completely different strategy. You're no longer looking at content and pictures and things like that. You're looking at quite complex development, web development, but trying to gauge how much uplift you're going to get off of that for your page. So I guess in terms of the the out the box, there's no real, this is exactly what you would be looking at for out the box. It's more so how to ask the right questions and where to start looking. Like I said at the beginning of the, of the podcast, that it is a rabbit hole and you can find yourself going into content that starts to contradict itself as you as you read through an article it says oh yeah you should absolutely try this but don't do that because it's going to you know tank your tank your rankings and things like that so it becomes a a very deep research piece trying to find the right path to take so that's kind of what we mean by going out the box but I, I really like that distinction, though, Rob, because I think it, it's really good to kind of separate, as we have done here, the process driven. So the the blindingly obvious nuts and bolts of SEO that we can yeah. put into an Asana workflow to remind us to do on a regular basis and make part of our product setup process and so on and so forth. Right. Getting those those working is such an important foundation and they never end you've always got to be working on mm -hmm. them but then to go so we've done the basics where do we go next and the fact you, you know you start you said and i love the fact you're saying there's there's no obvious answer but it's one set good goals and understand who your competitors are and then secondly identify those strategic gaps in your seo like you said with that you know the client who's great at the off-site and the content side but has never done anything on the technical well there must be some quick wins in technical. And if you've got someone who's done great at the on-site stuff, never done anything, anything off-site, that is a screaming opportunity. So I think that's an awesome way to look at it, right? Okay, we've, we've got our process driven under control. Let's do some looks at our strategy. Where are our biggest gaps? What, what are our competitive targets? And that very quickly is going to give you some answers. Yeah, and I think you'll know when it's the right time as well because you start to plateau with your with your rankings and your and your traffic and things like that and you you know you won't be at the top of page one you'll be thinking what really what can I do next to really push the needle we t we do tend to get it when when we start to hit the top end of page one and we're sort of trying to fight for those top positions and sometimes we're up against some huge brands that have you know got a, a vast history online and they've got huge domain authorities and things like that so we really are trying to we're, you know it's a David and Goliath we're up against the biggins at that point so trying to find those niche bits that could potentially push us over the edge so with the competitor research what we tend to do is sort of line them up so here's here's a column full of our data and, and you know where we're standing and then comparing those to the competitors 
columns and you can actually start to see where they're doing better than you in other things so if the person above you has got sort of you know 200 referring backlinks to uh, a product page that you are trying to compete for then you know that well actually if i go out and get some links back to this that'll put us in a better standing for for, for, for overtaking them. Yeah, there's so much opportunity when you take this process we've been talking about. So thank you so much for that, Rob. Um, it's been great picking your brains about all of this. Listeners, remember to stay tuned right to the end so you don't miss out on Rob's insider tips on SEO and my suggestions for more free resources to help you improve things even further in your business. Let me tell you about our SEO month sponsors, the marvellous Spec Digital. Spec are experts in customer acquisition through SEO, with a firm focus on not just doing great SEO, but on helping you to scale up your business too. For Spec clients, it's all about finding the best ways to grow sales. Their senior SEO consultant, Rob, will be joining us for one of this month's episodes to do just that, and Spec are offering all Keep Optimising podcast listeners a chance to speak to one of their consultants for free. Take it as your opportunity to discuss some of your biggest SEO pain points. Book your free one hour consultant call using the short link keepopt.com forward slash spec. That's K-E-P-O-P-T dot com forward slash S-P-E-C. Get expert help with your SEO from the Spec Digital team right now. Go to keepopt.com forward slash spec. Okay, Rob, so far we've gone deep into the differences between the process driven and the outside of the box and how we can use that to develop our strategy. Now, though, you get to wow us with your insider knowledge about the whole of SEO. So for the following questions, your answer can be anything to do with SEO, which, of course, does include everything we've already been talking about. So, Rob, are you ready for these? I think so. Okay, let's start with newbie advice. If we've inspired someone to take their first step on their SEO journey, what do they need to know to give themselves the best chance of success? My advice to anybody that's just starting out is go and find yourself some some resources, uh, some trustworthy resources that you can sign up to. There are so many websites that send out sometimes daily uh, email blasts with what's going on in the industry, sort of how things are changing. Obviously, SEO is an ever-moving um, industry, so trying to stay on top of that can be a bit daunting. So go and find yourself some good resources. Um, if I could recommend any Something like Search Engine Journal would be a great place to start. They've got loads of downloads to get you started as well. So something like that process-driven thing that we've been talking about, you'll absolutely be able to find a list. These are the top 10 things you should look at for SEO. So go and find yourself a good resource. Go and find yourself, go and follow some people on Twitter. Go and follow Google on Twitter because they do all of their updates on there. And just keep absorbing everything because you, it's not something that you can complete. You're going to constantly be learning things. So get started by plugging into some great resources yeah get that daily dose of seo inspiration and learning absolutely it's you're never going to stop learning if you're an seo not that you can in the rest of digital marketing but it's even more so in the <laughs> seo space um, now once you've started of course you've got to keep optimizing so what's your favorite way to improve performance so I'm very technically driven. Um, so I like to go and get stuck into the code. So we use Google Chrome for our browsers. I'll use the developer tools in there to have a little dig around and see what's going on when the page loads, sort of turning off JavaScript, seeing how it loads um, how, sort of without uh, uh, any JavaScript loading. 
to see if we need to look at server-side rendering or client-side rendering and things like that. But if you're not particularly technically driven, ways for optimizing your page, if you think that some content can become stale, if, if there isn't anything moving with it, then the the sort of the standard phrase is content is king so always make sure that you are up to date with what you're offering on page have a look at what competitors as we said have a look at what competitors are doing and sort of see how you can angle that for your for your own campaigns and again i guess similar to the tip for starters keep reading keep looking at what other people are doing try to keep up to date with modern practices things do go out of date quite quickly and again, when you're reading your resources, have a look at when that resource was released as well, because you will find that you'll find something that was actually dated two years ago and it's changed a lot since then. So do try and um, check over your dates. Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, the, the Google search tool of how long ago was this published <laughs> yeah. is super useful when it comes to, to answering your SEO questions. Look, Rob, if someone listening wants to learn more, is there one cheap or free resource you recommend? I know you've already given us a few, but is there another one you'd like to give to the listeners? Yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll take the opportunity to plug our podcast. So we run a Winning with Shopify podcast where we discuss specifically issues with Shopify and we talk about plugins and we have guests come on from people that develop apps and we've had Shopify on the podcast and things like that. So it's a really fun one to join in on. So that's hosted by Nick, um, the director of Spec. Um, so I would highly recommend go. That's free as well. You'll find it on iTunes and um, Spotify and things like that. It is an excellent podcast. So I'll second that recommendation. Thank you. Finally, Crystal ball time, Rob. What's coming up in the next six to 12 months that we should be getting ready for? Oh, okay. So I'm... I'm going to do two because I think the first one is pretty obvious and anyone that's in SEO will be sort of dreading the day, but we are quickly approaching the release of GA4 or not the release of GA4, but, you know, being ushered over to it and the doors closing on Universal Analytics. So do go and prepare yourself for that. We ran an event at the beginning of the year where we were sort of talking through getting to grips with GA4 and the general consensus across the board was we're not happy with this but we're going to have to make it work so do go and do some digging it'll happen eventually anyway so uh, yeah better better you start sooner rather than later and I guess and the other one is AI within SEO I know there's a lot of movements going on with chat GPT and other types of content writing apps and things like that which are incredibly clever but just to be on the lookout that Google will know if your content is written by AI. I don't know how it does it, but it can certainly figure it out. And there are there are websites where you can drop your content in to see if it will check it to see if it thinks it's been written by AI and it will give you a score out of 100. Um, so if you are copying and pasting things out of ChatGPT or other content writing AI tools, do bear that in mind that that, you that will start to hinder your, your rankings for pages. But on the other side, super exciting. AI can be incredible for SEO campaigns, giving you ideas and thinking points and things like that. But anything that goes live on the web page has to be written by a human at this point anyway. Yeah, you, AI is awesome, but, but. <laughs> the winners are going to be those who work out how to use AI in the Correct. right way for their business, yeah. like any tool. It's an amazing bullet, but it's not necessarily the perfect bullet. And um, anyone who's who's struggling with GA4, the best time to install it was 12 months ago. The second best time to install it is now. And we had, we've had two brilliant episodes on the podcast about it so we'll make sure those are linked to in the show notes for you all as well and i will um i'll look them up 
magically, seamlessly between now and when I do my sum up and I'll tell you what numbers they are. Rob, absolutely awesome advice. Thank you very much. We're very, very, very nearly at the end of the show. So um, could you please let the listeners know where they can find you and Spec, please? Yes, absolutely. So you can find us on LinkedIn. If you head over to LinkedIn and search the word Spec, that's S-P-E-C, and then you'll find us. Our logo is a little sort of cherry icon with Spec uh, sort of like a cherry red square with the word spec on it. Um, and you can also find us at spec.digital is our website. Easy as that. Well, look, Rob, thank you so much for coming on the Keep Optimising podcast. It's been brilliant chatting with you. And I suspect we've got them thinking in this one and given them some tips as well. So that my work, our work here is done. Uh, so thanks so much for coming on the show, Rob. Thank you for having me, Chloe. And thanks everyone for listening. So I think with Rob there, we have outlined a really interesting way of starting to think about your SEO from a from a really high level strategic standpoint. The thing is, with all our digital marketing tactics, taking the right opinion and making the right decision, that very high level strategic standpoint is what's going to set you up for success. If you're just starting with your SEO and you go all out of the box and do some really clever PR or something, it's not going to deliver as well as it would if you spent a few months getting all that process driven stuff in place first. So really interesting perspectives, really good way of thinking about it. And also Rob shared an awful lot of tips on things you can do there too. He mentioned in that crystal ball about Google Analytics 4 which if you haven't got it in place yet, now is the time. Yesterday would have been better, but today is better than not doing it at all. And as I said, we've had two excellent sessions on this. In episode 138, Jill Quick came on and to talk about attribution and how GA4 can help you with your attribution. So that's more about how to use it than it is how to set it up. But last year we had a slam dunk of a session uh, with Dan Coleman talking about how to go about setting up GA4 correctly because to get it set up well it's not just a case of install the pixel and you're done there's a little bit of thinking you want to do if you want to do it well and of course we all know analytics captures data in real time so it's only going to capture it right in real time if you set it up there's no retrospective in analytics so that's a couple of extras for you there. We'll put links to those in the show notes where you will also find our notes on the episode, important notes and more. You can find all of that by using the short link keepopt.com forward slash the number of this episode. So that's kwepopt.com. It's a short link, so you don't need the www dot. Just put it straight into the URL bar and you will go to the correct episode page. When you get to the website, make sure you add yourself to our email list so you don't miss out on the things we share to help you improve your business and why not give us your email list at the same time as signing up to our monthly Q&A webinar yes as part of our mission to help you improve your marketing I have invited all our SEO specialists to join us for a live Q&A session where you can get your questions answered sign up for that on the website or via keepopt.com forward slash webinar Thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of the Keep Optimising podcast. If you've enjoyed this episode, then go and if it's, you know, sparked some ideas, go and have a look at our full list of SEO episodes. Either scroll back up your feed looking for the word SEO and you'll find little clumps of them. Or you can go to keepopt.com forward slash SEO and there you'll see all the different topics we've covered. And if there's something which we mentioned today you want to go deep on, I bet you can find an episode on it there. 
and then not not least an episode but an episode with an e-commerce spin on it there to help you and please do tell your fellow marketers about the show because i want to help as many marketers as possible to improve the performance of their e-commerce marketing have a great week and make sure you listen to the next episode so i can help you to keep optimizing your marketing access everything keep optimizing at keepoptimizing.com that's with an s not a z It's time to get your free ticket to our brand new virtual event. This time we're tackling the problem of overstocks, how to avoid them and how to clear them. So take control of your stock to improve profits, cash flow and your environmental impact. Just use our short link keepopt.com forward slash summit to get your free ticket.